You're listening to The Marketing Funnel Show, episode number 57. If you're like most business owners, you need to sell something to your audience by getting on a discovery sales call. If you want to make discovery calls easier for your business, today's episode is definitely for you. Welcome to The Marketing Funnel Show. I'm your host, Michelle Evans, and this is the podcast for coaches, experts, and online business owners to learn how to go from simply surviving to sold out using the power of marketing funnels. All right, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there. I hope you are having a really amazing week so far. Welcome to December. It's like the last month of the year. Can you believe it? And thank you so much for tuning in. I love that our audience is growing and it's people just like you who I truly appreciate for being such dedicated listeners. At the end of this month, it's going to be a one year since I launched this podcast and it's been just amazing to have you on this journey with me for as long as you've been here. So thank you. And if you're new here, if this is the first time you're listening, welcome. You may have stumbled across this podcast because a friend shared it with you, or maybe you found me on iTunes, but either way, it's so great to have you here. Today's episode is really the result of listener feedback. In fact, this whole month is going to be a result of listener feedback. And as I was going through survey responses that everybody um, gave me in, in July, uh, August and a little bit in September, um, and and then some emails that I've gotten from listeners as well, I noticed a recurring theme happening over and over and over again. Over and over, people would ask me how I got better at selling over the phone since I was so horrifically bad to start with, right? I mean, I've shared this with you. Between you and I, I was really terrible. Because if you're like most businesses out there, you've probably got a product, a program, or a service that you need to jump on the phone and sell. And it's the rare person who loves to spend all their time on discovery calls. So if that's not your favorite part of running your business, welcome. (laughs) You are in the right place. And boy, oh boy, do I get this pain. It was my biggest pain when when I first started my business, and I would even say for probably like the first three and a half years of my business. I was just kind of winging discovery calls. I was just winging these sales calls, trying to figure out how do I sell myself and my services without being like desperate or pushy or like in your face, the the schmaltzy salesy kind of person, right? In fact, I shared with you in a few episodes of the Marketing Funnel Show that a few years back, uh, actually like three and a half years back now, I I went through over a thousand failed sales calls before I put my first marketing funnel in place, which was a discovery call funnel, by the way. So when I tell you that I know how painful these calls can be, I am speaking from experience, my friend. I have gotten more no's or more, that's interesting, but I'm not ready right now, uh, than I can even tell you. Like, it's crazy. And even though it was awful to go through all those failed sales calls, in fact, I would even say it was painful and anxiety provoking. I like, I would wake up in the middle of the night like, ah, why can't I do this? I learned some incredibly valuable lessons that I'm going to share with you today. 
Because once I truly understood the mistakes that I was making, I rolled out just a really simple discovery call marketing funnel. And within three weeks, I'd sold over $60,000 of services easily. Like I didn't become a new person. I wasn't salesy or pushy. I didn't have some brain transplant. (laughs) Like I was the same me. It's just that I had a discovery call funnel in place and I understood the, the problems that I was creating in these calls with, you know, how I was approaching them and everything. And I'm going to share all this with you today. And suddenly it's like a light switch happened and things, people said, yes, like, yeah, I want to work together. And I was like, what? (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) But it was amazing. So if you've ever had bad sales calls or you've gotten off and you've just felt like, ah, what's going on? I'm, I'm going to share some mistakes that you may be making as well. Cause I know that I made these mistakes. So I'm going to start today with five big mistakes that I made. And again, you may be unintentionally making them too. I didn't really realize this until I took a step back and recorded my conversations with people's permission, of course. And really listened to how I was approaching it when I wasn't in the moment. And I was like, oh gosh, I can see those mistakes. And you know, these mistakes may make you feel like your business isn't good enough because I know that's a story that I told myself like, oh, my offer is not good enough. My website's not good enough. I don't, I, I don't have enough credibility. But in reality, there is a process you can follow that can turn your sales calls and turn your whole selling approach around for you like it did for me. And after we go through these mistakes, we'll jump into a, a five-point discovery call cheat sheet to run your calls like a pro and have great client relationships as a result of your amazing discovery calls. Like, I, you know, I have clients that I haven't worked with in two and a half, three years and they, we're still in touch, you know, not clearly not with me doing work for them, but you know, we're, we're still in touch because we created such a strong connection and, you know, they feel like I'm invested in their business and I am like, I really care deeply that their funnels are still working and all that stuff. And so, you know, I, I want to go through the mistakes so that you can identify if you're making any of these and then we'll d- jump into the, um, five point discovery call cheat sheet. And I actually created a um, special download for you. So you can go to today's show notes, which is at themarketingfunnelshow.com forward slash 57. And you can download this cheat sheet so that you don't have to madly write them out. Or, you know, if you're uh, out and about listening to me as you're, you know, going for a walk or working out or driving or whatever, it's just a lot easier. You can just go on whatever app you're listening to this on and click on the um, show notes and it should take you right to the discovery call cheat sheet. So with that, um, you may not believe it now, but when you use this cheat sheet to run your discovery calls, you'll probably get to the point where you actually love these calls. I never, ever thought that I would get to a point where I love these calls, but I do. I really enjoy discovery calls now because for me, they're not, it's not like I don't put this heavy mantle of it's a sales call on it. We are, I'm discovering about their business. They're discovering about what I could do for them. And, you know, it's just a really, um, 
it's just a really service first, valuable experience for both of us. And so I love them. So if that sounds good to you, let's jump on in. Okay, so let's start with my mistakes. And I'm going to take you like, I don't know, uh, late night show host, maybe. <laughs> We're going to go through five through mistake five through mistake one. So I kind of ranked these in order of uh, how often I made them, how much they really impacted it. But mistake number five is bad questions. So most people who sign up for a discovery call, they actually want to get on the phone with you to discover if you're a good fit for what they want to achieve. And People are happy to have a conversation with you, but one really, really huge mistake I made, and I've actually been on the uh, on the receiving end as well with other people making this mistake too, is asking questions like it's some criminal interrogation. Like, oh my gosh, I, have you ever had this happen to you where people are just peppering you with question after question and you're like, ah, I don't know. Like I'm coming to you because you're the expert. Okay, I remember a time when I was so excited to get on the phone with somebody um, who I really wanted to work with. There was somebody who was well-known and I was so nervous and I wanted to work with them so badly that I I don't know what happened. Like just craziness took over my brain. And I just started peppering them with question after question after question after question of, have you done this? What have you done here? What are your metrics here? And they're like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know to all of my questions. And, you know, after the first, I don't know, I should have stopped and we should have like taken a totally different track. But I just kept peppering them with questions because I wanted to, I don't know, prove that I was, um, smart enough to ask these questions. I'm not even sure what my motivation was. I was nervous. I remember that. But as I, as I listened to the call later, I was like, what, what was I doing? Why was I asking so many questions? Like this person was being interrogated by me. And the problem was, is that after, you know, this person was like, I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know. That's not something that we've done, or that's not something we've tracked. I don't know. And And after, you know, maybe like five minutes of I don't knows, they started getting really defensive. They started telling me stories about why they didn't know. They started like defending, you know, we, this just isn't something that we've done before. And in the end, the call left both of us feeling really yucky. Like, and and it was my fault. I was asking bad questions. I was asking the wrong questions. And worse, I was making this person feel really incompetent and defensive because it was like the Spanish Inquisition. And yeah, that person said a big fat no to working with me. And I don't blame them at all. When I went back and listened to the sales call, I literally just wanted to like duct tape my mouth shut and be like, just shut up. (laughs) Stop asking these questions that are making this person defensive. So don't make that mistake. And I've been on the receiving end too. And maybe you have too. Maybe you've gotten on discovery calls where people are just like peppering you with question after question. And you're like, I don't know. Like, this is why I'm talking to you. So you may know how that feels as well. So yes, a discovery call is a time where you ask questions because discovery calls are so important to understand your potential client's situation, right? It's really important that you understand uh, what they've tried, 
what they want to do, where they want to go, and if what you have to offer is a good fit for that. But it's really important to ask questions that lead to ahas, that lead to, yes, that sounds like this is what I'm looking for. This is exactly what I'm looking for. Within the person that you're talking to, you don't want to tell them. You want to help them discover it themselves. And it's really important not to make the person you're speaking with feel under attack. Okay, I feel like maybe I shouldn't have had to say that, but I do. I mean, I've made that mistake probably more times than I would like to admit. Um, I mean, I admit it to one. I can guarantee you I did it more than once. And, you know, you may have as well, but it's really important not to make somebody feel like they're under attack and feel defensive and like they have to give you all the reasons why they don't already have this figured out. When you ask the right type of questions at each step of the way, it makes a massive difference in your results and your engagement and your ability to connect and show the value. So what doesn't work? Grilling them with endless questions that don't emotionally engage them. Asking questions to just selfishly get information from them and not building rapport with your audience. So, you know, that's part of what I did wrong is I was just kind of selfishly trying to understand what they'd already done and why they hadn't tried things. And it just doesn't work because the person on the other end of that call wants to get something out of the call too. They don't want to just like their information all over you. That's a technical term, right? (laughs) They don't want to just like have you steal their thoughts right out of their head and then come up, you know, magically with some plan. They want to engage. They want to, they want to, um, co-create with you is probably the best word. Um, and they want to know if they can, if you can help them. That That's like the biggest question in their, in their head. Can you help me? Do you understand the situation I'm in? Have you helped other people do this? If I work with you or if I buy from you, is this something that will get me to my goal faster, easier, less expensively than trying to figure it out on my own? And the bottom line is they've got a problem. They wouldn't get on a call with you if they didn't. They've got a problem to solve and they want to know if you're the one who can help them out. So we'll talk about ways to to overcome this in a bit. But I actually have a few, um, I have uh, four in this series. So this is one of the four series. We're going to go deep into how to ask better questions because this is actually something that really transformed the game for me, especially when I married it up with a really simple discovery call marketing funnel. So people were ready for the questions I was going to ask and understood why I was going to ask those questions. All right. Mistake number four, being too broad. So I don't know if you've ever felt like this. I know I have in my business. Have you ever felt too scattered or like you just don't know where to focus your business, your offer, your message, and your marketing. You know what? I have to. In fact, I can do a ton of things in my business. I've got a lot of skills that I can use and pull from depending on who I'm working with and what we're doing. I mean, I'm a certified life coach. I have 16 years of corporate global marketing experience. I used to run marketing programs that had huge budgets, like nine, 10 figure budgets, right? Like huge, Um, you know, a hundred million (laughs) dollars globally across, you know, 65 different uh, countries and areas. 
Like I've got a lot of skills and that's part of the problem. And you probably do too. But if I get on a call with somebody and I'm so broad with the number of things that I can do and I bring to the table, we're not going to be working together. And it seems counterintuitive because you might think, well, why wouldn't you want to work with somebody who has all these skills? Because nobody wants to hire me. Nobody wants to hire you if you're too broad and general. That's, it makes people uncomfortable. It makes, you know, what your offer is really nebulous, really like, I can't quite put my finger on what I'd get for this investment. So it's hard to put a value on you if you're so broad. People want to buy from you because you help them solve a problem, bottom line. That's what people invest in. That's what they spend their money on. That's what they're searching for is help me solve a problem. Help me get something, make it better, make it faster, make it cheaper, make it less annoying, you know, whatever it is. But people buy from you because they want you to help them solve that problem. And think about this for your own self. For your own business, what do you invest in? Think about a great conversation that you had with a business that left you thinking, yes, that person gets me, they understand me, they, and I know that they will help and they will deliver. They will get me to where I wanna go a lot faster. My guess is that if you had a discovery call that revolved around your situation, plus how to solve it with some proof and stories sprinkled in, that would get you across the finish line, right? And here's the big truth. If you can't offer value during your discovery call, you're not making the sale. Bottom line. Um, You need to show how what you have to offer is going to get them their big goal. Mistake number three is the no show up process. Okay, so you've probably happened, had this happen to you too, right? Somebody reaches out to, ha- to book a discovery call with you and you're like, yahoo, woohoo. You get it scheduled, then the time comes for you to have your call and they no show you. I've had this happen more times than I care to admit. In fact, I used to have more than 60% of my calls no show me and it was insanely frustrating. But it was totally my fault and you know why? I didn't have a show up process. And I wanna share this with you in case you don't have one either. I'll go into this in much more detail in the next couple of episodes, but here are two biggies that you can get started with right away if you're having a problem with people showing up for your calls. First, have people fill out an application. This will weed out the uncommitted people that are just like, oh, free call, I'll sign up. And it'll also um, make the people who do go through this process a bit more committed to the process, even though it doesn't cost them money. Filling out an application costs them time and it costs them information. And that alone will have a higher level of commitment for people showing up for your discovery call. Second, invest in an online booking system that has automatic reminders. I didn't, I had a booking system, but it didn't have automatic reminders. And that was a big problem. Some systems that you can look into, and I'll link to them in today's show notes, which are at themarketingfunnelshow.com forward slash 57, are Calendly, Schedule Once, and Acuity. There are lots and lots of others, but those are the ones that I'm familiar with, and they work really well, and you can send out reminders the day before, the hour before, when your call starts. Like When you do that, it's amazing what a difference it makes. 
All right. Mistake number two. We're getting close to the end here. For a long, it is no call planning. So for a long time, I was afraid to have a plan for my sales calls because I wanted to be able to have an organic conversation, or at least that's what I told myself in my head. I didn't want to go into it feeling like I was prepared to be super salesy or super pushy. And you know what? It worked. I definitely had organic conversations. Lots and lots and lots of conversations that never moved beyond the chit chat phase. Chatting on the phone is a big waste of time for me and for the people who I'm chatting with. Neither one of us is moving forward towards our goals. We're kind of just, you know, shooting the breeze. And that's a big problem. Call planning may sound tedious and unnecessary, or at least it did to me. It sounded like, I'm going to be just like some formula. But the truth is, when done right, call planning can make both you and the people you speak with have really incredible calls that organically and enthusiastically lead both of you to the right next step for the conversation. And the next step is actually where you're able to create impact with your work, right? Like nothing is going to change in their business if they don't choose to make a decision and, you know, work with you or do things differently or whatever. So before I did call planning, I would often struggle to ask the right questions or get the right answers to move the conversation forward. And when I started planning out my calls, I was able to ask questions that helped build urgency, build desire, build engagement, and build belief that I was the person who could help them do that. And of course, this worked in conjunction with my marketing funnel emails and with the, you know, PDF that they downloaded and all that stuff. Like this is a super simple funnel. I don't want you to feel like, oh my gosh, I have to do a bajillion things. You didn't. Like I had three emails and one PDF that just set up the call. So it's not like it was a hard funnel to put together, but but I needed to ask questions that tapped into their urgency and their desire and really help build the belief that I was a person who could help them build up a marketing funnel. And it's definitely worth it to plan your call flow and to have a few questions in your back pocket ready to go so that in the heat of the moment, you're not having to like, mm-hmm, let me think about what the next question I'm going to ask is, right? Because that makes everybody uncomfortable on the call. But when you go into it with confidence and with a plan, everything changes. And the person you're speaking with actually will have a lot more trust in you because you're not um, reaching for questions or you're not, you're, you just seem to have a plan. You seem to know what you're doing. All right. Mistake number one. This is my biggest mistake. And I made this over and over and it's not controlling the conversation. We are living in the noisiest selling environment in history. The American Marketing Association, they, they, I don't know, maybe last year, they they released something that said that the average consumer, and I would say that this is not in the month of December, just in general, the average consumer is exposed to upwards of 10,000 brand messages every single day. And I would say in the like Thanksgiving to New Year time period, so late, uh, for those of you who are not in the US, from late uh, November to January 1st, that's probably even more. I mean, 
I just feel like everything ramps up in that time period. And I'd venture to guess that those of us in the online business space are exposed to even more messages than that. And so you're busy and overwhelmed. Your prospects are busy and overwhelmed. I'm busy and overwhelmed, right? We're all, and we're all wondering the same thing. Will this be the thing that will actually help me achieve my goal? That's why it's so important that you take control of the conversation and you lead your prospects through a well thought out experience in the call, right? You want to create an experience in your, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes that you're on the phone together. Think about it. If your conversation doesn't quickly deliver a breakthrough aha and or maybe a tremendous value to that person you're speaking with, there's not going to be a follow-up meeting. And when I say tremendous value, I don't mean like you give them the kitchen sink, but that you're connecting, you're helping them either discover something about themselves or their business or their life um, and, and have this like, oh my gosh, that's what I want moment. But without that, there's no follow-up meeting. There's no proposal and there's no second shot, really. They'll just move on. The best way to control the conversation is to is with a, a proven discovery call checklist that will help you stay focused and stay on track. And, you know, I use the check when I don't use the checklist, because sometimes I feel like ah, I've got this down. I can always tell my calls don't go as well. But when I use that checklist, it helps me stay focused and on track and really present with the conversation instead of like, ooh, what should I do next? So let's talk about how to get started with a discovery call checklist. Here's the rule. Before you ever talk about how long you've been in business, how many certifications, degrees, or you know whatever that you have, or you know where you're located, or any of that kind of stuff. Before you ever talk about your product, or your service, or you drop an elevator pitch on people, follow the discovery call framework. And I've put it together in a quick cheat sheet that you can download at today's show notes, which is at michellelevans.com forward slash 57, or just on whatever app you're listening to this on. Okay, here's an overview of the framework and um, we're gonna get into it a lot more detailed the rest of this month. So number one, you wanna clarify their goals. Number two, you wanna agitate their problem. Number three, you wanna emotionally connect to what their problem is costing them right now. Number four, you wanna paint a picture of a better tomorrow. And number five, you wanna prove that you've done it before. All that needs to happen before you go into the sales piece. And I'll go into this in a lot more detail over the next couple of episodes. And in the meantime, again, I've put together a cheat sheet so that you can start using this framework to plan out your own discovery calls. And, you know, maybe as we go through the month of December, we can, uh, you can use that cheat sheet as we go through each of these episodes and you can get better and better. And I'll tell you, December is typically one of my best months. December and January are my best, best months ever. Um, because this is when people are making commitments and wanting to jump on the phone and it might be for your business too. So again, you can download that cheat sheet at themarketingfunnelshow.com forward slash 57. And I would love to hear from you. Like don't, don't feel like you're alone. Don't feel like you're the only one that doesn't get discovery calls or that kind of dreads them. I'd love to hear from you. What ahas did you have as we were going through this episode? 
which one of my five big mistakes have you made or which ones have you experienced other people making when you were getting on a call with them? Let me know. You can hit me up on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, or just email me back, um, you know, michelle at michellelevans.com. I would love to hear your questions, your comments, and your stories. And don't forget to jump on over to today's show notes to download your discovery call cheat sheet so that you can start having better discovery calls right away that turn into the most amazing clients, students, and program participants ever. All right. I hope you have an amazing week and I'll see you back here next week. Same time, same place on another great episode of the Marketing Funnel Show. See you then. 